0: All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your love for us. Lord, that you seek us and pursue us with a radical love that we cannot even explain, we can't even fathom. That you would look upon wretched souls such as us. And set your love upon us and send your Son to die for us so that we might have a new life in Christ as adopted children of God. We were broken and abandoned. We were outcast. But Lord, you loved us adopted us and made us beloved children thank you Lord God for your adoption and Lord this morning as we look at our text in Galatians show us more help us to understand greater the beauty of our adoption in Christ these things I ask in Christ's name Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, as we continue our study in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 1 through 7 this morning, Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 7. Now Kate was born in China under the one-child law there in China because of overpopulation. China, the government in China set, uh, set out this one-child policy so every family can only have one child. Now Kate had a problem when Kate was born. Number one, she had two things going against her. Number one, first of all, she had uh, that she was born a girl in a nation that devalues women. Women are second class in, in China. And so, Kate was born a girl. Second, Kate was born with a disability. Two strikes against her. So she was broken. And because she was broken, she was rejected and abandoned by her biological parents. They couldn't stand having only one child and it be a disabled girl. And so they set her out at an adoption agency and left her there so that they could have another child. Kate was broken, abandoned, rejected by her parents. But then along came John and Sue. John and Sue are Americans. "...whom God set it upon their heart to adopt from China, and God led them to the adoption in which Kate was living. And John and Sue set their hearts, set their love upon Kate." They chose her out of all of the the many other orphans there. They, They chose Kate and set their love upon Kate and they decided to adopt Kate and they brought Kate home and they made her a part of their family. Though she was abandoned and rejected, an outcast there in China, John and Sue adopted Kate made her a part of their family, made her a beloved child with all the rights and privileges of an heir to John and Sue. You know, we have much in common with Kate. Born into this world, we are broken by sin and rejected. We are outcast. Yet God, by His grace, set His love upon us Christians. If you are a child of God today, it is because God set His love upon you. And He adopted you. He made you an heir of God. A beloved child with all the rights and privileges of a child of God. As we've been studying in the book of Galatians, the major focus in this letter to the, the churches in Galatia is upon faith. It's all about faith. These false teachers came into these churches of Galatia and they began to teach that salvation was by faith and works. But Paul is writing and he is declaring to these churches that no, 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 salvation is not by faith and works, but it is by faith and alone now in past messages in the past text that we've seen he, he's gone into depth to show us that justification is by faith alone now justification the doctrine of justification has to do with our legal standing before god we are justified we're declared right before god by god's grace through faith in jesus christ alone but now as he he moves on he's continuing on and building his case now he he shows us not only as our legal standing before God our justification by faith but now he goes to show us that our relationship changes our relationship to God changes by faith and that's what the doctrine of adoption has to deal with The doctrine of justification deals with our standing before God, our legal standing before God. The doctrine of adoption deals with our relationship with God. And our relationship with God changes. Last week, he began this. He began to show us this. And so last week... Paul showed us that not only does our legal standing before God change by faith, but also our relationship with God changes by faith. By faith, we saw last week, we are made children of God, united in the family of God, and joint heirs with Christ to the promises of God. And now this week, as we continue on, he builds on this, and he shows us that we are adopted by God. We are adopted by God. And so what we see today, that adoption into God's family, this change of relationship, is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So at once we were enemies of God, now we're made members of God's family, children of God, by faith alone, adoption into God's family is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so from our text today, I want us to see three activities of God in our adoption. Three activities of God in our adoption. We we have to realize that adoption is all about what God does. It's not about what we do. And so we are seeing three activities. We're going to see three activities of God of God in our adoption. So my prayer today is as we, we break into this passage, as we work through this text of Scripture, that we would do away with, Christian, that we would do away with all every sense of self-reliance that we have and trust totally in God and praise God, worship God because of His loving act and adopting us. And if you are here today and you're an unbeliever, you're searching, seeking out a family to belong to, seeking love in this world, and you're here today, God drew you here today, then my prayer is that you would see that salvation is by faith alone in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that you would trust in Jesus today. Trust in Jesus. So if you found your place there in our text, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Holy Word. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of His holy, inspired, and inerrant Word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. So three activities of God in your adoption. Now, as we go through this, I want you to to notice the, the Trinitarian nature of adoption. The Trinitarian nature of adoption. There's three activities of God in your adoption. First, the first activity of God is that the Father... "...initiated your adoption." The father initiated your adoption. Look there again in those first few verses. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. Now, Paul talked about that a lot in our last week's passage. And we, we talked about that a good bit last week. We, we, we saw that what Paul is talking about here, under the law, we are under a guardian. We're under kind of a, a nanny, a strict guardian who, who is there to, to make us obey. To be a strict disciplinarian over us to teach us the right way to live, to teach us proper manners, to teach us how to be respectful, to teach us how to refer to God. And so the law is our guardian, a strict disciplinarian. And he goes on here to say, in the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. He raises the bar here a bit, doesn't he? Now he says, we were enslaved to the elementary principles. What does he mean? You, my friend, were enslaved to sin. You were enslaved to sin. enslaved to the, sin, the, uh, the, the world. Enslaved to the, the sinful nature that is in the world. That's what he's talking about, talking about the elementary principle. Some translations may say elementary spirits. Paul is saying here exactly what he says over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 1 through 3 And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of God's wrath. That's what Paul is talking about there. Saying that we were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. We were born into sin. Born a slave of the devil. Born a slave to the sin nature of this world. Born to the the sin nature. The natural sin nature that you were given as a child of Adam. You were born a slave to sin. Sin. That's who you were. You were rejected and outcast. Rebellion against the will and kingdom of God. But the Father adopted you. But the Father adopted you. Though you were born a slave to sin, born a natural rebel against the kingdom of God, God looked down from heaven. He set His love upon you and He adopted you as a child. Notice what it says in verse 4. But, but God, right? But God, that divine exception. Here's how we were. We were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But God, but God steps in. He does something. But when the fullness of time came, uh, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. But God. You see, God took the action. God did something. He sent forth His Son to redeem. And further down in the text, it says He sent forth the Holy Spirit to indwell. It's God, the Father, who who initiates your adoption. You were an outcast. Rejected. But God adopted you and made you a child. There's some friends of ours, Ryan and Jessica, who... uh, Years ago, when we first met met them, they had no children, but uh, God had set it in their heart to adopt. And he led them to Ethiopia. Now, just like China, in Ethiopia, there's there's thousands upon thousands of orphans. They're living in orphanages looking for families to belong to. And so when they began the adoption process, they they were sent a link to to show all of the orphans there in Ethiopia, and they had to decide. They had to pick. And so they started going through there prayerfully, going through the the list of all of these orphans, and they came to this one picture of four siblings, Solomon, Rahel, Yosef, and Yasu, and they said, those are the ones. Those are our kids. We want them. We want to adopt them. You see, Solomon, Rahel, Yasu, and Yosef, they had nothing to do with the decision, but Ryan and Jessica sat down and they, they, their hearts were drawn to them. And they said, those are the ones. They're our children. We want to adopt them. We want to make them our own. It was their activity. It was Ryan and Jessica's decision. It was their activity to adopt these four children. And they adopted them. Gave them their name. And gave them all the rights and privileges of being children of Ryan and Jessica Walling. And so did God do for us. You were an orphan, an outcast, rejected, and God set His love upon you. And He chose you in Christ Jesus. And He adopted you and made you a child of God. Dear friend, it is God who adopts us. Therefore today, praise God! Praise God. There's no reason for you to boast. There's no reason for for self exaltation. Praise God. Exalt the Father. For he chose you in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the earth to set his love upon you and adopt you and make you a child of his kingdom. Praise God today for your adoption. In Jesus Christ. So God's first activity in your adoption is the Father initiated your adoption. It was His action. Second, the Son redeemed you for adoption. The Son redeemed you for adoption. Look there at verses 4 and 5. Look at that again. But God, when the fullness of time had come, sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, as children of God. Notice here again that He talks about being born under the law. Those who were born under the law. All of us were, as children of Adam, we're all born under the law of God. We are indeed slaves. Slaves under the law. You were a slave under the law. You were a slave under the law. God set his law over you, and you were condemned. You bore the condemnation of the law because, by all, everything that your best efforts, you can never fulfill the law. You can never keep the law. You can never love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because you love yourself more. You can never love your neighbor as yourself, not fully, because you love yourself more. We are all condemned under the law. We are slaves sold under the law. And we are under the condemnation of the law. But again, but God. He sent His Son. And Christ came and Christ redeemed you as a son. Christ redeemed you as a son, as a child of God. You were sold under sin, but He redeemed you. That is, He bought you out of your sin. He bought you out from under the condemnation of the law that you were under. He bought you out from under the law. It's that that slavery image that Paul is using there of the, the slave market where there's a slave who is sold into slavery. We were sold into slavery to the law. But Christ came and he bought us out of slavery. He came to the slave market and he bought us out and made us children of God instead of slaves. Christ redeemed you. How did he redeem you? Notice what it says there. He was born of a woman. He was born of a woman. That is, He was born as a man. He took on human flesh. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 tells us this. He gives us a better example there. Uh, Actually, I'm going to go up to to 6. 6. Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, so before eternity passed, before the foundations of the earth, Christ was the Son of God, the divine Son of God. And He was God. He was Himself God. Though He, didn't, though he was in the form of God, He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. We cannot grasp that. But instead, He emptied Himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient. The divine Son of God in eternity past, He he made a covenant with the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they made a a covenant of redemption in eternity past. And and the Son said, I will go. I will pay the price of redemption. And at the proper time, Jesus Christ stepped out of glory, stepped out of heaven, and He came to this earth, and He humbled Himself by putting on this, this flesh. He said it it was born in the image of sinful flesh. He bore the flesh just like we have. He became a human being. He became a man so that He might be a right representative of us before God. But not only was He born a man, but He was also born under the law. That is, He was born under the requirements of the law. And so in his life, Jesus Christ, he became, he he was born under the law. He came under all the requirements of the law. And guess what? He obeyed them. He did what we can never do. He obeyed them perfectly. He obeyed the Father's will, he obeyed the law. He was completely obedient. As that passage there in, in Philippians read, he was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He was obedient to the Father's will, even down to He went to the cross and died in obedience to the Father's will. So the Son was born under the responsibility, He bore the responsibility of the law, but He was also bore the curse of the law. You see, He never sinned. He never broke the law. He never did anything worthy of death. Yet, He went to Calvary's cross and He died the death for sin in our place. I remind you and and look back over there in chapter 3, verse verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law Right, he redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree." Christ Jesus, though he met the full requirements of God's law, he willingly went to Calvary's cross and he bore the curse of sin in our place. He was our substitute. We should have been there. We should have all the wrath of God for our disobedience poured out upon us. But Jesus Christ, as our substitute, went to the cross and on Calvary's cross, all the, the righteous wrath of God for our sin was poured out upon Jesus. He bore the requirements of the law and He bore the curse of the law in our place to buy us out from under the law, its requirements and its curse. Romans 8, 3 says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin He condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus Christ died For your sins. Adoption is quite expensive. According to uh, an internet source, the cost of adoption, in comparison to natural birth, the cost of adoption uh, ranges between thirty-five thousand to fifty thousand dollars. Go international, they can go beyond that. While the cost of natural birth, according to this website, uh, ranges between 3000 to $5,000 if there are no complications. Adoption is expensive. Your adoption came at even a greater price. For it cost Jesus Christ His very life. He died for you. To praise the Son today. Praise the Son that He willingly and freely came and He died on Calvary's cross for your sins and my sins. He paid the penalty so that we wouldn't have to. He paid the penalty in our place to redeem us, to buy us, and to make us children of God. Dear Christian, you're an adopted child of God because Jesus paid for your adoption. So three activities of God in your adoption. First of all, the Father initiated your adoption. Second, the Son redeemed you for adoption. And now we come to the third activity of God in your adoption. Now, let me ask you this. How do you know that you are an adopted child of God? Do you know? Do you know deep down inside that you are a child of God? How do you know you are a child of God? Now, I have here... This is my birth certificate, my certificate of birth, right? I have this to show that I really am the child of Jack and Wanda Gamble, uh, and I'm a child. I'm an heir to whatever they have, right? So I'm a child of the gambles. Do you know that when you're adopted, you get a, a certificate of adoption, just like you, I have a birth, a birth certificate, they have a, an adoption certificate to show that they belong to the parents who adopted them. Would you know that you have a certificate of adoption from God to show that you are a child of God? God has given us His, His certificate of adoption He has given us the Holy Spirit. And this is the third activity of God in your adoption. The Holy Spirit certifies your adoption. The Holy Spirit certifies your adoption. Notice what He says in verse 6. And because you are sons, because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son. That is the Holy Spirit into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God has sent His Holy Spirit and the Spirit indwells God's children. The Spirit indwells God's children. He comes into our hearts. Oh, this is the beautiful, beautiful doctrine of, of the indwelling Spirit. God sends His, son, uh, sends His Son to die and then He sends His Spirit to indwell us to live inside of us. Look at this big building. It's a beautiful building. And we often refer to this as the sanctuary. But this is not the sanctuary of God. God doesn't dwell in houses built by hands. But you, Christian, are the house of God. You are the sanctuary of God because God dwells in you. He moved in. When you trusted Christ, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, God moved in. The Holy Spirit moved in. And He dwells inside of you. Romans 8 9 says you, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. If you are a child of God, the Spirit dwells within you. But we also see here that the Spirit, part of His ministry and our adoption, is that the Spirit testifies to our adoption. The Spirit testifies to our adoption. He is in us. He is crying out, Abba, Father. Now as Jason talked about earlier in the children's message, that that word Abba, that is an Aramaic term that Paul is using here in this text. And and, and it's a term of endearment. It's a term of endearment. Now, when we want to be all official, we might call our Father, Father. Yes, Jack Gamble, he is my father. But when I'm talking to my father, he's my daddy. He's pops. He's my dad. That's a term of endearment. And we can't talk to God like that unless the Spirit is in us. Creating in us that love, that intimacy with the Father. And through the Spirit, through the Spirit, we can cry out to our heavenly Daddy. Oh, Daddy, I need you. Oh, Daddy, thank you. Oh, Daddy, I praise you. Praise be to God for His indwelling Spirit that testifies in our hearts that we are children of God. Romans 8, 15-16 then says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness to with our spirit that we are children of God. If you are an adopted child of God, then the Holy Spirit indwells you and from your heart He certifies that you are indeed a child of God. He does this through that inward testimony He also does this through a transformed life, changing your life, making you conform into the image of Jesus Christ. Dear friend, do you have the Spirit of God living in you today? Do you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, crying out from your heart, Abba, Father! If so, then praise the Holy Spirit for His indwelling. Praise the Holy Spirit that He is there testifying that you are a child of God. But if not, if there's just emptiness there, if God still seems far off to you, then the day, turn away from your sin and turn to God and trust in Jesus Christ. By God's grace through faith, He will save you, adopt you, and certify your adoption by giving you the indwelling Holy Spirit. Adoption is all about God's grace. Notice there the last verse, verse 7. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, then an heir through God. It is all through God. It's all by God's grace. It's the Father's initiative. It's the Son's redemption. And it's the Holy Spirit's indwelling that testifies to our adoption. The dear Christian, today, if you are a child of God, then please set aside every sense, every inclination of boasting that you have in your heart. Oh, this sinful flesh loves to boast. Oh, Lord, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Set aside every inclination of boasting. Set it aside. It's not about you. You are what you are. You are a child of God because of God's grace alone. Praise God for your adoption. Praise God that you are His child. But perhaps you're here today and you're not adopted. And you came here looking for something, looking for answers, looking for love, looking for acceptance. Something's wrong in your life. Something's not where it needs to be. You've realized that and you were drawn here today. And through this message, you you hear the Gospel that Jesus Christ came and He died on the cross for your sins to redeem you from your sins so that you might have life in Christ. An eternal life with God There's nothing to do but believe in Jesus You can't adopt yourself Only God can adopt you All you must do is believe Trust that God has adopted you trust that he that, that he through Jesus Christ has paid the price for you And He will give you the indwelling Spirit. He will transform your life. He will make you a child of God. By God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we are adopted. Will you trust in Jesus today? Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. We thank You. As Christians here today, we thank You that we are a part of Your family because of Your adoption. We boast in nothing, Lord, but we praise You completely. And we trust in You completely that You are preparing us for that day that we will enter into Your kingdom and we will get our full inheritance in Christ Jesus. Lord, certainly there are those here today. They're living a life of sin. They're running away from your redemption. They're running away from your grace. Father, give them new hearts today. Turn them around. Let them trust in Christ. By grace, through faith, we are saved. Work in them today, Lord. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.